This morning, before we turn to Scripture, I want to give you the best chance I possibly can to help you discern what it is that I'm thinking. Um, and, and maybe that will be helpful. And maybe it won't, but we'll do our best together. Uh, there are times in life where there is a, a gap or a, a space or a, a, an opening. You have an opening on your bookshelf and some people like to keep it open. They're minimalist. They're modernists. Some people like to fill it. There are gaps and spaces in life. I think Advent is one of those times where we intentionally make a gap or a, a space between what we know now and what is to come. And in Advent, that happens in a lot of different ways. In the birth of the child that is not yet born. And of course, then in a scripture like today's, when we talk about an ultimate return. The former minister of the Riverside Church in New York City, Amy Butler, once said in a, in a seminar I was in, when, when there is a, a gap between us, when there is space between us, oftentimes fear builds into that gap. Today, I would say maybe fear can grow in that gap. Sometimes trauma grows into that gap. Sometimes surprise builds into that gap. But ultimately, what I hope builds into the gap between what is and what will be is faith. Because if what will be actually was, we would not need faith. If everything were as it were going to be, we would not need faith. Faith helps us fill in the gap. And Advent is a season where I hope we can grow in our faith, filling in the gap between what is and what will be. And at the heart of that faith is that God is with us and will be with us. And I believe that is as ominous as this particular passage always is to me personally. For reasons I won't explain today, but I can tell you in a sidebar at some point. This is a passage about faith and that God will be with us in the end. And so we turn to Scripture, turn to the end, which points us to where we're going. In the Gospel of Matthew, we read from chapter 24 and we'll read verses 36 through 44. But about that day and hour, no one knows. Neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too it will be with the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in a field, and one will be taken away, and one will be left. Two will be grinding meal together, 
One will be taken away and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must always be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Every year, on the first Sunday of Advent, it feels odd. Because we read an eschatological passage like this. We're headed towards Christmas. Most of us have, say, started our shopping We know we are 24 days away from the birth of Jesus. And then what we read about is a thief in the night coming when we least expect it. We read about the end. We read about being removed from what we know and placed into the fullness of God. We read about the surprise of God's coming, and it is, it's just plain jarring to think about gentle Mary holding her baby child, but then read about the end like this. And considering our calendars, considering everything that goes on outside of our lives, to read about end times in the midst of what we really want to do in being embracing a season of love and peace and hope and joy and family and friends. Well, it's, it, it is jarring and it creates some space. And I think it does this. I think this is what Advent does for like three reasons. Not three like bullet points for a sermon, but but three reasons. Like one is this. First, when we know where the end is, it helps us as we go. If you're going to drive to San Francisco, you don't get in the car and just randomly choose a direction. You would probably head south on 85 in order to head west on 40. Secondly, by starting at the end, by thinking about the fullness of God that we all may live in someday, that we all will live in someday, forgive me, we can see the gap in our experience now. We can see the ways in which we don't fully experience the fullness of God in a way that our hearts are tuned to desire that. Yet. And then thirdly, by by naming the end, we name that there is a space between where we are and where we will be. A space that we can't quite get to, but into that space, as I've said already, we bring faith. Because when there are gaps in what we know and what we believe will be, we are making room for the power of faith to be at work in our hearts and in our lives. And I think that is much of the the point of Advent. That's as much of the point of Advent as anything. To create a space 
where God can work in our hearts through faith. Now it happens every year, both on the first Sunday of Advent and on some day early in the fall when I look at the Advent scriptures for the first time. And I think we are going to take four weeks marching to the manger and you open up the first Sunday of Advent and it's a story like this. And what we have to wrestle with is is the reality that if it were up to us, we would stand around that manger and we would peer in at the sweet little baby Jesus boy for four weeks. If it were up to us. Which is not a bad way to spend four weeks or a whole life, really. But but the reminder of our life with God is such that when it comes to God, it often is not up to us. If it were up to us, we would then be God and we are not God. And so we need faith to get from what is up to us and what is up to God to bridge that gap in between. And Advent is a reminder that God is not governed by our expectations. Because our expectations are not often what God would plan for us. In a season like this, we would think to just focus on the miraculous story of a virgin who gives birth to a Savior. But what God wants us to be reminded of is that Savior didn't just come once before 2,000 some years ago. That Savior is coming again to us and for us. We would think about all those who just missed the birth of Jesus. We would think about the fact that if it were up to us, why was this king of the world born in a manger, in a stable, off a back street, away from everything? What God chooses to do is have the angels show up there and have shepherds show up there. Reminding us that if if the shepherds can see the king, everybody can see the king. And if it were up to us, we would linger at the manger for a long time. And when you turn the page from Luke 2, and the beautiful story of the birth of Jesus, Jesus is a precocious teenager getting lost in the temple and left behind by his family. The kingdom work begins immediately. Because... God carries us to places where we wouldn't necessarily carry ourselves. And so today, on the first Sunday of Advent, when maybe we would want to seek harmony, we find distance and dissonance and discomfort. And I think we experience that that dissonance, that gap between what we want and, and, and what we expect and hope and what actually is in order for allow faith to have space to build in between. Faith fills in the gaps between God's promises and what we actually experience right now. And it will take faith for us to live now pointed towards an end without knowing how that end will come, when that end will be. It will take faith to trust, even in spite of those two things, God will be there to meet us. It all takes faith. 
And the Advent season reminds us that but for all the dissonance and, and disconnects and distances that occur in our lives, when there are gaps, we can fill those gaps with all kinds of things. But what faithful people do is they fill the gaps in their life with faith, not with fear, not with trauma, not with anxiety, not with surprise. And in faith, I hope that we can turn our gaps in our lives into opportunities for God to work. Now, I've mentioned the word trauma a few times already. It's not a word that I use lightly. It's not a word that we want to bring up, talk about, certainly experience, and we don't want anyone else to experience trauma. But a friend recently shared in an article he wrote on BaptistNews.com, he shared a definition of the word trauma that struck me. It shaped this whole sermon in, in a lot of ways. He had a spinal cord injury last year, one that left him... Well, left some disconnects in what he expected his body to be able to do and what his body was actually able to do. He struggled with his right side. It it wouldn't do things the way he wanted it to do things. His physical therapist shared the definition of trauma with him. This definition of trauma, William. Trauma is a gap between the way you think the world is going to be and the way it actually turns out to be. Trauma is a gap between what we think something should be and what it actually is. It is a helpful definition to describe the jarring effects of a surprise that we weren't wanting. An expectation that didn't happen. Or a time in which life doesn't go according to plan. Into the gap of expectation and reality enters trauma. Of course, if I turn it a little more helpful, I could ask you to complete this sentence. Oh my goodness, it's so great to see you. What a wonderful... Surprise. We're a little too stoic to do call and response on the first Sunday of Advent. That's all right. What a wonderful surprise. Surprise is a gap between our expectation and what really happens, but in a good way, usually. Oh, I know there's some people who hate surprises. But, but can you see how a surprise might be the positive side of a gap in expectations? Trauma is the scary, sad, disappointing side of a difference between how things were going to be and how they actually turned out. Surprise is when we see a friend in an unexpected place. Surprise is when we get our test back from the teacher and it's much, much better than we thought it was going to be. Surprise is when we were supposed to have a quiet dinner and it turns into a wonderful party that we never knew about. For like most of us, every, there's a couple of us who'd be traumatized by that. But for most of us. But in both definitions, again, we name the gap between how things are and how we thought they would be. 
how we thought they would be and how they turn out to be. In trauma, we consider a disaster. In surprise, we consider good fortune. And in both, to get through, I think it points us to Advent again. It points us to the gap that lies between where we are today on the first day of December, the first Sunday of Advent, and what we expect to happen in 24, 25 days. And what we realize is is hopefully there won't be too many surprises, and Lord, we hope there are no traumas. But in order to get from here to there, in order to get from a prophecy to a birth, in order to get from a birth to a second coming, something has to fill that gap. And I hope it's faith. There were some faithful folks who lived this out. Of course, many missed it. Many were expecting the birth of the next king, the birth of the Messiah to be political or military or to be some like religious figure that saved everybody. And, and Jesus defied all of those odds. He, he defied all of those expectations. They, they were looking for a ruler or a rabbi or a dictator and, and they wanted someone who would bring everyone together the way that they thought they remembered David was supposed to have done that. And there ended up being a disconnect between what they expected out of the Messiah and what they got out of Jesus the Messiah. But not everybody missed it. Not everybody lacked faith. Some got through. And Advent points us to Mary, who wasn't expecting a child, but through faith gave birth to the Son of God. To, to Joseph, who expected to let her go away quietly and help her to save face, to being the one who raised the Son of God. Advent reminds us that even John the Baptist didn't quite see what was happening, though he had a sense that something was happening. Even in faith then, he saw that he was preparing the way for the Son of God. And those who got it, those who fulfilled what it was that God was doing, those who experienced most what it was that God wanted all of us to experience, they were the ones who made the leap from what was to what could be. They made it through faith. It wasn't trauma. It wasn't anxiety. It wasn't busyness. It wasn't filling up the bookshelf with too many things. It was through faith. And so for us during these days, as we consider our lives, as we consider our world, as we consider what we need God to do among us and with us and and, and through us and, and to us, it's faith that fills in the gap when things don't disconnect, don't connect. It's faith that makes paths straight or at least manageable when they seem crooked and rocky and unclear. And Advent reminds us that there is a gap, a time of waiting, a time of anticipation. When our expectations may not match up perfectly now with what God's real work is going to be. But the way to bridge those expectations is to nurture our faith and to remember 
that it's God on the other side of the gaps that we nurture in faith. It's God who is there, possibly surprising us, but also blessing us. Because God surprised and blessed Mary and Joseph, and as faithful people, God just might surprise us too. Because scripture is full of, full of people who just denied the surprise. Who went against Jesus. Who sought a power other than the one given by the Holy Spirit. And they were the ones who were let down. So maybe, may, may we remember that God is on our side. Even when God doesn't prescribe that which we would expect. God is with us working in places that may seem unusual and surprising to us. And, and God wants us to grow by helping connect and fill those gaps through faith between what is and what will be. Remember a time when you were surprised, truly surprised in the best kind of way. And then remember, spiritually speaking, that is what God wants to do for us through this season of Advent. God wants to bring joy and hope and life and and a new way from which we can be brought from that which is left for dead. And God will come again to meet us. And that is far beyond what we could imagine. But that's why during Advent we think about our faith. We think about the ways faith can fill us, can fill the disconnects. And can bring the surprises of God's love and hope and peace and joy, even in places we wouldn't expect it. The birth of Jesus was a surprise. It was disconnected from what anybody expected. But it shows how God can work. And so I pray that during our Advent journey, we will be ready for the God who surprises us. And I pray that our surprises are ones that lead us deeper and further and more nurtured in our faith. Today, now, and forevermore. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we give you thanks for this day that we have. We give you thanks for the ways that you meet us that are expected and especially for those ways that are unexpected. Help us to see and sense and know your love and your presence. Help us to be filled by your spirit and Lord help us when we step, when we look at the road ahead and don't know how we're getting to where it is that we're going. To step forward in faith so that that may fill the gap between what we know and what we need from you. Thank you, O Lord, for hearing this prayer and our prayers. We offer them in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who we await today. Amen.